ओम अज्ञान ज्ञानंजन शिलाया चक्षुन्मिलित हरे कृष्णा वेलकम बैक ऑल ऑफ यू सो वी आर हियर डिस्कसिंग चैप्टर फाइव ऑफ द भगवत गीता एंड इन द लास्ट सेशन वी हैव डिस्कस हाउ अर्जुना हैड इंक्वायर्ड अबाउट अ वेरी स्पेसिफिक क्वेश्चन व्हिच इज बेटर शुड आई वर्क विद डिवोशन और आई शुड सिंपली वर्क विदाउट विद डिटैचमेंट सो कृष्णा इज वेरी ब्यूटिफुली एक्सप्लेन दैट एंड ही सेट हाउ बोथ आर इम्पोर्टेंट दैट हाउ योगा एंड संन्यासा बोथ आर एक्सट्रीमली इम्पोर्टेंट so in the same thought is been continued in this uh, continuing shlokas we are going to start from verse number 11 today and we'll try to cover a couple of uh, shlokas and understand the deeper meaning of these particular shlokas all right so we will begin with uh, chapter 5 verse number 11 so i request uh, achutan ji to unmute yourself and you can join along to chant this particular words so kindly join and uh, you can participate if you see if i am already added okay yes so this is verse number 11 kayena manasa buddhya kayena manasa buddhya संगम संगा संगम ट्रांसलेशन बै युअर्सेल The yogis, abandoning attachment, act in body, mind, and intelligence, and even with the senses, only for the purpose of purification. Wonderful. Hare. Thank you so much. So, kāyena manasa buddhya. So, kāyena means body. Manasa means the mind. Buddhya means the intelligence. So, kevalaya indriya rapi. Indriya means in all the senses. So. योगिनिफिकेशन accordance with the scriptures and using all that is being given by krishna the body the mind intelligence and the senses for satisfaction of the krishna then what's happening is he is becoming purified so here prabhupada is also very nicely stating and he mentions that how the yogis are one who are always thinking of purification atma shuddhaye yoginah 
So, who are the yogis? The yogis are constantly thinking about life's purification. So, all of you can also think about this. You also should plan for purification. Our life is actually meant for purification. Human life, especially human life, is designed in such a way that you are supposed to purify yourself. Purify yourself means purify your body, kayana, manasa, mind, then buddhya, your intelligence, and the senses. So when we actually take all these different aspects of our life, our existence, both the subtle and the gross, and purify them, that is when we, the soul, also will become purified by acting in Krishna consciousness. So this is very important. Now cleaning is extremely important, just like we clean the house. We clean the house every single day. We broom and mop. But on weekends, we clean a little extra because we have some time and we do some maha cleaning on the Sunday, on weekends. Right? So, what Krishna is saying here, both sannyasa and your karma, both should go hand in hand. Both sannyasa and karma cannot be given up. So, cleaning on weekdays is like sannyasa. You have to clean it through the process of sannyasa, giving up, giving up. And then on weekends, when you do the maha cleaning, it is like ultimately doing the bhakti yoga and cleansing it thoroughly. So, both are very, very important. Sannyasa and yoga. Both. Yoga is like maha cleaning on weekends. What yoga we are practicing? Yoga means we are practicing bhakti yoga. Yoga means connection with the Lord. So when we practice bhakti yoga systematically, then what is happening is we are purifying our existence. Just like we are cleaning the house on weekdays and week, uh, weekends. Similarly, we have to clean our body continuously through sannyasa and yoga. So only then it is possible to become jivan mukta. Without purification, there is no question of becoming mukta. There is no question of becoming liberation, liberated. So that is why here Krishna is saying that how all these different aspects of your life should be utilized for purification. So right now our mind, our body, our intelligence, everything is utilized for our own sense gratification. So if we can somehow redirect all these activities from our sense gratification to Krishna's sense gratification, that is when the purification begins. And this is a long process. It's not so easy. So that is why as sadhakas, we are given a sadhana. The whole program of sadhana is given by Prabhupada, is designed by Prabhupada. And when we follow the systematic design of sadhana given by Prabhupada, then automatically our mind, our body, our intelligence, everything is very nicely controlled and getting purified. For example, see in our ISKCON movement, the way Prabhupada has designed this whole process of purification is so simple. For example, the body. How do we purify our body in Krishna consciousness? We eat only prasadam. When we try to eat only prasadam, the prasadam is actually purifying the body. So that is how the purification begins. And also we are using our hands and legs and every other aspects, uh, our limbs in the service of the Lord. So the body, body is getting purified. So that is one way. How about the mind? Because we are chanting Hare Krishna Maha Mantra constantly, so the mind is also getting purified. What about buddhya? When we read the Bhagavad Gita, when we attend the Srimad Bhagavad Gita class or the Srimad Bhagavatam class, so by listening to Prabhupada and the devotees, our buddhya, our intelligence is getting purified. 
and the senses automatically because you are seeing the Lord by seeing the Lord the deity form you are purifying your eyes by smelling the flowers offered to the Lord you are purifying your nose by listening to wonderful music the spiritual music you are actually purifying your ears and then by touching the deities of the Lord then automatically your touch sensation is also getting purified so that way all the senses are getting purified gradually so that is why Prabhupada has built temples temples were built why because it gives an opportunity for us to in involve all these different aspects of our existence in the service of the Lord you see that it's so important so otherwise Prabhupada would have just told us you just chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra and by chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra you can purify your mind mind is ultimately one which is controlling everything but no Prabhupada has designed this systematically having temples everywhere distribution of prasadam all these different aspects are designed in such a way that all our existence your gross level existence your subtle level existence and your spiritual level existence gets purified and we ultimately get that ultimate goal the purpose we achieve the purpose of life that is krishna consciousness right so this is very straightforward words uh, given by krishna here and he's saying very systematically that both sanyasa and yoga are important and both will actually help us in the cleansing of our existence so uma kumar you can unmute yourself and let's chant the next verse which is also very interesting that is verse number 12 yes i hope this is visible to you yes guruji yeah verse number 12 yukta karma phalam tyaktva yukta karma phalam tyaktva shantim aapnoti naishtikam shantim aapnoti naishtikam Ayukta kama karena Ayukta kama karena Phale sakto nibadyate Phale sakto nibadyate Let's do this once again Yukta karma phalam tyaktva Yukta karma phalam tyaktva Shantim apnoti naishtikim Shantim apnoti naishtikam Ayukta kama karena फले सक्तो निबद्धते फलो सक्तो निबद्धते प्लीज रीड द ट्रांसलेशन बाय योरसेल्फ द स्टडीली डिवोटेड फूल अटेंड्स अनअनअल्टरेटेड पीस बिकॉज़ ही ऑफर्स द रिजल्ट्स ऑफ ऑल एक्टिविटीज टू मी वेयर एज ए पर्सन हु इज नॉट इन यूनियन विद द डिवाइन हु इज रेडी फॉर द फ्रूट्स ऑफ हिज लेबर बिकम्स एंटेंगल्ड यस थैंक यू सो मच so very interesting here in this particular shloka krishna is making this dud ka dud pani ka pani you know there is a saying in hindi so it's very clear here krishna is saying who is a yuktaha and who is a ayuktaha yuktaha means one who is engaged in yoga so anybody who is actually thinking of getting liberation one who wants to get liberated then the possibility of getting liberated is only by becoming peaceful you have to become peaceful and if you have to become peaceful you will become only through the process of yoga so when we a yuktaha who is engaged in yoga he can become peaceful and when you have a peaceful mind 
that is when you can become liberated now when i say that it is uh, peaceful it's not simply an external peacefulness that we get by not getting engaged in the external agitation that comes through people and things but i'm also talking about the agitation that comes within because of the disturbed mind so when our mind is so disturbed it creates lot of desires and that actually takes away our peacefulness so many times people have all the opulence externally and they seem to be very happy externally and there are no external triggers which actually agitate their mind but then it so happens that within their own self the mind there are so many desires which actually take away all their all their peacefulness so that is why krishna is saying here you have to become a yuktaha and a yuktaha is one who follows the process of yoga so what happens is by following the process of yoga you are not just getting away from all the external agitations but you are also getting away from all the internal agitations that you have it's extremely important so that is why when we practice bhakti yoga especially the chanting of hari krishna mahamantra it is actually doing a lot of internal purification it is making you peaceful every devotee no matter what external situations are he will become very peaceful and we want to be peaceful because unless we are peaceful how can we make this world peaceful our own family is peaceful you see all the great devotees the mahajanas like pralad maharaj now they were facing so many tribulations externally his own father was disturbing him so much he was uh, thrown away from the top of a cliff and then he was given poison then he was put into a dungeon he was put on fire so many tribulations all constantly by his own father so in spite of all those external agitations he was very peaceful completely self satisfied self realized in chanting the holy names of the lord so when you also are completely self satisfied when your mind is satisfied completely you will become peaceful now to become peaceful the secret is you follow the process of yoga you become yuktaha so krishna is saying yukta karma phalam tyaktva phalam tyaktva so what happens is that the main reason for us to get agitated is because we are constantly hankering for the results of our action the motivation for our action is we want the result whenever we perform action we always seek some sort of result out of that either gross result or subtle result we want some gross enjoyment or subtle enjoyment whenever we perform any action so what are the yuktahas doing the yuktaha is one karma phalam tyaktva any action they perform and the result they get they will give it up they are not attached to the results at all completely detached from the results so this is what a yukta does but on the contrary what does the ayukta does ayukta kamakarena phale sakto nibadhyate so a person who is not in the union with the divine who is greedy kamakarena he is always hankering for more and more and more right a greedy person is always wanting more he is never satisfied with what he already has and such a person who is always working for the fruits of his labor such a person becomes nibadhyate phale sakto nibadhyate he gets entangled so where is the question of liberation so liberation comes when you have peace of mind but here this person 
who is always hankering for the result is never peaceful so you should know if you are not peaceful right now the only reason why you are not peaceful is because somewhere you are hankering for the results of your actions you are seeking some subtle enjoyment or gross enjoyment of your actions so as long as you have this desire to enjoy the results of your actions you will not become peaceful and this is a secret see i always tell that bhagavad gita is full of secrets right so krishna is sharing this very important secret here how can we become peaceful shantim apnoti nishtikim if you want to actually become uh, attain shantim then it is possible by becoming yuktaha follow the process of yoga you will become peaceful and by becoming peaceful you will become liberated so we want that ultimate uh, uh, result right of getting liberated so that is what is krishna saying here so let us not miss this opportunity that this human form is offering to us because this is a form where we can actually follow yoga we can become yuktaha no other species can actually attain this perfection of yoga because we have given this very sophisticated uh, yantra this human form we can actually use this form for our purification but if you become ayuktaha then there is lot of bondage and what is the result of bondage the bondage is will cause more and more repeated birth and deaths so this is what happens to us why we are getting birth again is because we are always hankering for the result of our actions the very reason that we have this body right now is because we in a previous life we have desired to enjoy the results of our action but when we start giving up nahi mujhe nahi chahiye ho gaya i just want to do service to the lord and whatever the lord gives to me as per my prarabdha karma i will enjoy or suffer it and that's enough but rest of my activities should be dedicated only to krishna so what happens by doing that you become yuktaha and that itself will give you so much of peace when you start serving the lotus feet of the lord that actually gives us lot of peacefulness and when you achieve shanti mapnoti naishtikim so then automatically people around you will also become peaceful so first thing is we become peaceful in our own minds then your vibrations are so powerful that you will also through osmosis make others peaceful and that is what is needed in this current world because everybody is agitated either because of the government either because of the disease like corona or either it's because of so much of politics going on people are constantly being harassed by different things and not uh, people are not peaceful so in this situation if at all you want to become peaceful then become yuktaha extremely important you see so when you have this unflinching faith in the process of yoga naishtikim then automatically you will become peaceful so this is the secret here this is the secret that krishna is sharing with all of us and uh, yes so prabhupada is saying in the bhagavatam the cause of anxiety over the result of an activity is explained as being due to one's functioning in the conception of duality that is without the knowledge of absolute truth so prabhupada is saying that how in bhagavatam it is very beautifully explained that the cause of anxiety is because of duality 
what is duality the perception of duality and there is always duality in this material world but if you can somehow focus all your energies from duality of this material world to the absolute truth that is krishna then automatically there is peace for you so whenever there is duality ups and downs heat and cold day and night this will cause the anxiety it will not let you be peaceful dualities will cause a lot of anxiety so prabhupad is saying why not just stick to absolute truth and bhagavad gita is actually absolute truth so when you study bhagavad gita you are actually getting attached to krishna the absolute truth that will make us peaceful shantim atma ati nishtike right so with this we'll also go to the next verse it's very interesting verse so let's uh, see if uh, we have vinay so let's give a chance to vinay today uh, vinay has joined online he is not uh, today live with me so vinay you can unmute yourself if you are able to hear this so we can chant the shloka let me see if he is still uh, listening to this vinay can you unmute yourself your audio and then we can chant this uh, very interesting verse verse number 3 since uh, the chandan family is on youtube and they are traveling it looks like when is offline so do let's do one thing achutan ji you can unmute yourself and let's chant this verse number 38 yes very interesting sarva karmaani manasa sarva karmaani manasa sanyasyaste sukham vashi सन्यस्यास्ते सुखम वशी नवद्वारे पुरे देहि नवद्वारे पुरे देहि नैव कुर्वन्न कारयन् नैव कुर्वन्न कारयन् लेट्स डू दिस वंस अगेन सर्व कर्माणि मनसा सर्व कर्माणि मनसा सन्यस्यास्ते सुखम वशी He resides happily in the city of nine days, the material body. Yes. Neither working nor causing work to be done. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Correct. Thank you. So, very very nice and important words. So here Krishna is referring to this human body. as navadware pure dehi so this is the city of nine gates so krishna is saying that this human body is referred to as a pura pura means the city and this pura this city human body is having nine gates so a very interesting thing to understand and something new that krishna is offering here to all of us 
So this is the city of nine gates, and ultimately he is the emperor of all the bodies. So Krishna is the one who is ruling everything. So any time when you see in a city, there are a lot of things happening. The cities are always buzzing with activities, right? So constantly there is so much of uh, commuting that happens. There are so many business transactions that happens. Then there are uh, the metros, the buses, and uh, there are big big offices and all the headquarters of so many major companies. So you see, a uh, city is one with so much of activity. Constantly there are people moving around and transactions happening. So. Here Krishna is referring to this body as a city, and within the city also there are multiple activities that are happening. So this city, this pura, Navadwara pura, is bustling with activities constantly. So this is a very beautiful thing to understand. So what are these different transactions that are happening within the body? is all called as manovrittis manovrittis means all the impressions that we have in our mind so this particular navadware pura this city of nine gates is very beautifully explained in the fourth canto of the shrimad bhagavatam from chapter 25 to 29 this whole city of nine gates is very beautifully explained and it's very important to understand this navadware puri so why is it called the city of nine gates because this human body has nine gates what are the nine gates the nine openings of the body the two eyes the two nostrils the two ears and one mouth so just see within this face this head region we have the seven gates the seven openings and then we have the genitals and we have the anus which are another two openings in the body so all put together we have this nine gates within our body so this is called navadware pura and all these transactions are happening within the body and there is so much of inflow and outflow happening through these nine gates isn't it so there is lot of transaction happening so in the shrimad bhagavatam it has been very nicely explained that how a living entity you and me who are the souls are actually residing within this city this navadware pura so we are being given this uh, city to enjoy by the supreme lord why he has given this because we wanted to enjoy independent of him so it is very nicely allegorically explained in the shrimad bhagavatam in a form of a story so it is explained by narada muni that how there is a king called puranjana puranjana pura means city and anjana one who enjoys in the city is called puranjana so there was this king called puranjana who actually lived in the spiritual world but because he wanted to independently enjoy of krishna then he was actually sent to this material world so this puranjana was supposed to be given a body he now wants to enjoy so let's see i have some slides and i will read and 
then we'll explain this one by one this whole allegory of understanding this navadwara pure is very very important because this will give us a very nice clarity on what is our true self and how so many interactions are happening how we are not this body is very nicely understood by this navadwara pura and also when modern science is trying to understand the consciousness theories and so many things are coming up they are unable to fathom what is the truth behind this consciousness so this allegory is very beautifully explained and in fact it challenges the modern science to understand the consciousness and this gives a very interesting understanding of the consciousness so let me just show you some uh, slides and we can read from them and then we will try to understand little bit in detail what is this navadwara pura so before we go to the 14th one let's understand this the city of nine gates so now in this city of nine gates like it is explained in the shrimad bhagavatam the central character is actually the king called puranjana so like i told you the word puranjana means one who enjoys in the body so we all are actually the puranjanas the soul is actually the conscious soul the conscious self is actually represented by puranjana so we all are puranjanas enjoying in this body so now you see this puranjana actually existed in the spiritual realm that is the spiritual world goloka in relationship with the supreme lord now there are many scientists who can also the so called intellectual people they may argue that how there can be such a world called spiritual world there is nothing called as spiritual world right but you see even the modern science they also believe there is something beyond matter for example when they talk about the big bang theory they only talk about the bang that happened the big bang that happened but who caused that big bang they are still not able to understand so they know that there is something beyond which actually created the big bang so there should be someone which is who is beyond who is transcendental to matter is one who has caused this big bang so similarly we are saying that yes there is a spiritual realm and there is a supreme lord who is actually the controller of both spiritual and the material worlds so this lord with whom we were enjoying this puranjana we have disconnected from him and now we have come to this world of big bang you see we all have entered into this big bang materialistic world so let's understand so this is a king called puranjana who is residing in this city of nine gates we all are puranjanas so since we have departed from the spiritual world and because of the misuse of our minute independence that lord has given us so this puranjana journeys through the material world and accompanied by avignata sakha so who is this avignata avignata means a unknown friend and this unknown friend is none other than the parmatma within our heart so although we have left the spiritual world and we have come to this material world we are accompanied by a spirit soul this by the supreme soul the parmatma you see so this person this friend of ours is called avignata saka so we all have this parmatma within heart who is actually avignata saka and we have somehow forgotten this friend altogether 
we are so busy with our own enjoyment materialistic enjoyments here in this navadwarapura that we have forgotten that we have wonderful friend the parmatma with us who is also residing with us in this navadwarapura in this city of nine gates see so now what happens is we this puranjana he comes to this place of navadwarapura this body of nine gates and then she finds it very attractive you see this body is very attractive even the most ugliest person on this planet he thinks that he is very very handsome when he is standing in front of the mirror he feels that oh yes i am very handsome i am very beautiful so that is what they think because the conception is there i am very attractive my body is very attractive so this city of nine gates like i told you already the nine gates are none other than the two eyes the two nostrils the two ears the one mouth and then we have the anus and the genitals nine openings so now this puranjana the king is wandering within the city and while he is wandering in the city he encounters a very beautiful extremely beautiful woman and this puranjana is so attracted to her this woman within this pura that she is also attracted to him and she becomes his queen now the question is who is this queen this most attractive queen the puranjana finds within this city of nine gates so that queen in this city of nine gates is none other than our buddhya our intelligence our intelligence who is actually not a conscious being our intelligence is a material thing right now this material the intelligence that we have is matter but she is very beautiful and this conscious self puranjana the king gets attracted to this woman our intelligence and this is where the entanglement the embodiment begins when the king puranjana marries this unconscious the materialistic queen the buddhya that is when the conception of oh i am the body comes into picture so this queen is very very attractive this intelligence is very very attractive and now she is a queen so all the power of attorney which the conscious self puranjana had is now given to the queen so this queen as she dictates dictates the king puranjana agrees so what is happening now is we are simply listening to the queen that we have our intelligence our mind all these things and then finally we have lost we are lost in this city of nine gates so let's see what happens next so this queen the intelligence that we have is also actually ah see this one point here so there is a material element called intelligence and puranjana is the conscious self to enjoy the city of nine gates the gross physical body this whole thing it's like employing a computer analogy let's do this very simple to understand now the puranjana is the user the king is the user the city of nine gates is a computer hardware and the queen is the software that allows the user to interface with the hardware and use it for practical purposes so what's happening is this queen is actually the interface between this hardware this city of nine gates and the king puranjana the user you see this is how it can be nicely understood so now let's understand a little bit more about this queen because this queen this intelligence that we have she is not alone 
This is all about you, by the way. This whole city of nine gates that we are discussing is all about you. It's about your own body. It's all about yourself. So this intelligence, the queen that we are all married to, she is not alone. Why? Because she is accompanied by eleven bodyguards. This queen is very powerful, and she is also being accompanied by eleven bodyguards. And there is also a serpent, which is with five heads. Five hoods are there. So this queen intelligence is very powerful. With all these bodyguards and the serpent. So who are these bodyguards? These eleven bodyguards. These eleven bodyguards are none other than the five working senses, the five knowledge acquiring senses, and then the mind. So five plus five plus one. These eleven bodyguards are always serving the intelligence, the buddhya, and the serpent, the five-hooded serpent. Is none other than the five types of air that we have within the body. So, according to Ayurveda, our body has five types of airs, which I had explained in the previous sessions also. That there is prana, apana, vyana, samana, udana. So, these five airs are actually represented by the serpent of five hoods, right? So, eleven bodyguards and plus. these uh, serpent all put together are assisting the queen you see within our body the mind the senses are all assisting the intelligence so all the 10 senses are grouped around the mind and are considered servants of the mind now each of the servants has hundreds of wives the wives represent the desires for material experience and the senses act under their pressure so this is another very interesting thing we should all know so these senses that we have the 10 senses that we have they also have lot of wives what are the wives they are all the material desires for material experiences so all these interactions between the husbands and the wives the senses and their wife is giving us an experience the king is experiencing all this through the medium of the senses the mind and then the intelligence and finally the king thinks oh yes all these are meant for my enjoyment so this is the city of nine gates that is going on the interactions the transactions that are happening within this uh, city of nine gates see so much of business is happening here don't think that it's all very simple no no it's very very difficult to understand by the way i want to ask uma kumar uma kumar how many senses do we have how many senses do we have senses five senses guruji yes now you see what are those eyes ears nose correct or touch correct and the ears smell correct yes, smell. Yes, so now you see very important thank you so much but we should know one very clear distinction that the bhagavata purana says and our scriptures say that all that you mentioned are actually the sense organs they are not the senses please understand this distinguishing thing is very important this differentiation between the sense and the sense organs is very important for any spiritual practitioner we should know this difference now what happens is the modern science says that oh eyes the five senses are 
the five uh, the eyes ears nose touch and skin and all those things right these are the sense organs but there is the senses beyond the sense organs is what our scriptures say and this is the missing link this is where the scientists are unable to understand this body completely why i'm saying is because the sense organs are not the senses they are the instruments but there are subtle senses which we have so that is what is referred to here now let me explain to you see when you see a dream your eyes are closed because you are sleeping because only when you are sleeping then you see the dream now the dream is so vivid you see so many colors you see so many things happening in the dream all very vivid you are seeing them in spite of closing your eyes your sense organs of seeing is actually closed but still you are seeing that means beyond the power of your eyes you can still see you know those people whose hands are amputated or legs are amputated actually even they feel the sense of itching there's some kind of twitching that happens although they don't have the hand but there is a sense of grasping something or the sense of walking somewhere in spite of their amputated legs or hands why because there is a sense beyond the sense organs this is very important for us to understand so the physical organs are not the senses beyond this physical organs there are actually the subtle senses the sense of seeing the sense of hearing the sense of smell right so bhagavata philosophy talks about these things so there is a difference between the sense organs and the senses the subtle difference that we should know so let's understand take this forward this whole story a little forward so what's happening this king kurandana and his queen they enjoy life for some time in the city of nine days they are nicely enjoying that yes this is all meant for me the senses are serving the queen the mind is serving the queen and the queen is completely dedicated to kurandana the king and she is nicely serving now eventually what happens is this particular city of nine gates is attacked by another king named chandavega so who is this uh, another king chandavega who is attacking this city of nine gate and that chandavega is none other than the time so chandavega represents time now it literally means very swiftly passing away chandavega means very swiftly passing away so this chandavega he commands the army of 360 male gandharvas soldiers and they have their female uh, wives also who are 360 number so these 360 male gandharvas who represents the day and the 360 wives are representing the nights so what's happening these are constantly attacking the city of nine gates so when this chandavega's army is attacking it attacks the five headed serpent the vital force the prana apana vyana samana udana so these nine days and nights are constantly attacking the city of nine gates and especially who is defending this city of nine gates the five headed serpent the five headed serpent is trying to fight against all these soldiers of chandavega but eventually the five headed serpent becomes weak and this weakness is causing anxiety to the king now 
and all his associates. The body becomes old constantly because of the attack of these Gandharvas. And then gradually, gradually it becomes weak. And then the city of nine gates collapses and then it is put to a place by Chandabega. Now the battle is lost. King Guranjana is completely overcome by anxious thoughts of his wife and relatives and associates. All this is happening within the city of nine gates, this body. Now the commander of the invading forces, that is Chandabega, he takes away all his followers, the body, the, the senses, the mind, the intelligence, everybody is taken away from Puranjana. And is this not what happening with all of us? Anybody when we die, we see we are going to lose all these different uh, associates that we have. Our senses, our mind, our intelligence, everything is gone. You see? And then all this whole city of nine gates is just smashed into dust. So powerful this Chandavega is. Right? So, dear devotees, I wanted to explain all this because you will get an ex- uh, another view of this body, another perception of this body. And this is all very beautifully in detail explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam 4th Canto. So, you should read this sometime and you will clearly understand what is myself, what is consciousness, what is this body, this whole city of nine gates, how the transactions are happening. So, this is very, very nicely explained. So, now what we should do is, when we actually serve the Lord, we should serve the Lord with full attention within this Puranjana. In the city of nine gates, we have completely forgotten our most dear friend, Abhignata Sakaha. We have made a queen, this intelligence, and we have so many other associates, and we are so busy with these uh, associates that we have completely forgotten the Paramatma who is residing in this heart. Right? See, when the vegetables are mixed with chemicals, the GM foods, the genetically modified foods, you know, it's of no value because all the nutritional value is gone in these things. It is adulterated. So similarly, you know, when our mind is adulterated with the six enemies, lust, greed, pride, envy, jealousy, all these are actually not very uh, easy for the Lord to accept. Of course, the Lord will never accept these things. The Lord rejects such unclean things, adulterated mind. So He wants a pure mind. So we have to take away all these invaluable things from our uh, mind system, body-mind system. So what happens to this? Our transactions now, which are all material, the King Puranjana is enjoying, he should now think, let me not enjoy. Let all these transactions, let me offer it to Krishna. So that is what Krishna has said in the previous, see, Yukta Karma Falat Tektva Shantim Apnoti Naishtikim. So this Puranjana who is residing within the body, when he understands that, okay, I am going to do all these transactions, but let me do these transactions only for Krishna. In the 11th verse, what did we understand? See? So if you can nicely utilize all these transactions within the city of nine gates properly for that Abhignata Sakaha, then you will become peaceful automatically. Because there are so many things which are, which are beyond our control. You see, my dear friends, devotees, all these different things, the transactions that are happening is completely beyond our control. Right now, when you are blinking your 
uh, eyes. Do you think that is in your control? Absolutely no. The blinking of eyes is not in our control. The food that we digest is not in our control. There are many things which are beyond our control. The opening and closing of these nine gates is completely beyond our control. The Paramatma, the Avignata Saka, he is the one who is actually helping us to transact. Without his will, we will not be able to do any transactions. But we are not able to see him at all. We have completely forgotten. We are taking all these automatic things happening within our body so granted. This whole city of nine gates is operating so beautifully, automatically. It's because of Avignata Sakaha, the Paramatma within the heart, which we have completely forgotten. We have ignored that person, unfortunately. You just see your, you know, when you stand on the feet, when you stand on your feet, just imagine your feet without the, you know, the toe, the very first uh, toe. It's so difficult for you to stand. You cannot walk, you cannot run. The toe is so important if you have to do any activity. And you know, according to scriptures, I think it's mentioned in the Vishnu Sahasranama, the Lord's, one of the name is called Bharabrata. One of the Lord's name is Bharabrata. One who actually takes uh, all the load of the body. You know, he resides in the toe nail. He's in the toe nail and he's in the toe, in the feet. And he maintains, he takes care of the body weight. Bharabrata. Just imagine the toe is taken away. We cannot even walk properly. Right now when we are walking, we are running, we don't even pay attention to the toes. Only when we hurt our toe somewhere, accidentally step onto some stone and then we hit the stone, then our attention, only when it pains, we give attention to the toe. But otherwise it's functioning so nicely. Similarly, all other internal organs. So a lot of transactions are happening. It's all because of the Avignata Sakaha. And sometimes this Abhignata Saka to remind us that yes, look at me. I am also there in this Pura, the city of nine gates. <laughs> what it does is, you know, sometimes you have numb hands and numb legs. You sit for a while in a particular position. Your hands and legs become numb, right? And sometimes your voice will get choked. And sometimes you are walking and suddenly your right leg will come in front of the left and you topple and then you fall. Never in the wildest dream you thought that you would be falling like this anytime. But still you fall. You know, just to remind us, this Avignata Saka says, I am also there. You know, there are many things which you cannot do. So the numbness of the body, the choking of the voice, uh, all these things are reminders by the Lord for us to understand that we have forgotten Him. He's reminding us within this body also, the city of nine gates is reminding us in different ways. But we don't pay attention to these things. We are so absorbed with the queen, the intelligence. We are so absorbed with this associate mind and senses. We don't pay attention to the Sabhignata Sakaha. So, you know, sometimes uh, when eating, we bite our own lips. We are eating and suddenly you bite your lips and the blood starts oozing out. Krishna is reminding us. See, this is also in my control. Eating is not so simple activity. So Krishna is helping us while eating also. So there are many things which we can understand. So all these things will help us to understand Krishna properly. So this city of nine gates, 
there are many more things to explain but i would suggest that sometime when you get time please read the shrimad bhagavatam fourth canto and you'll get more details there are very beautiful uh, uh, things explained that how the puranjana king is interacting with the eyes how does he see how does he hear and when he's going to these different gates the nine gates with whom he accompanies who are his friends while uh, he's going to these different uh, uh, gates all that is explained in the fourth canto the city of nine gates so we have uh, the city of nine gates and there is a lot of transaction happening but let's understand that all these transactions gaina manasa buddhya and indra all indriyas everything should be properly utilized for the service of krishna so i hope the city of nine gates is a little clear to you so uh, uma kumar you can unmute yourself and let's chant one more verse that is verse number 14 and let's uh, yeah i hope this is visible to you visible to you yes verse number 14 न कर्तृत्वम न कर्माणी न कर्तृत्वम न कर्माणी लोकस्य सृजति प्रभु लोकस्य सृजति प्रभु न कर्म फल संयोगम न कर्म फल संयोगम स्वभावस्तु प्रवर्तते स्वभावस्तु प्रवर्तते वंडरफुल लेट्स डू दिस वंस अगेन न कर्तृत्वम न कर्माणी Thank you so much. So all right. this is enacted by the modes of material nature. So this is also so interesting now. So let's understand this little clearly. So there are many many things happening in this body. This whole city of nine gates is we have understood little bit. but krishna is saying that although there are so many transactions happening within the city of nine gates this navadware pure dehi there are many things which are completely he is aloof from these transactions krishna is saying nakatratvam nakarmani so he is actually the master of this whole city krishna is the master of this whole city and the embodied spirit also is the master in one sense is the secondary master so actually he does not create activities nor does he induce people to act so the supreme lord he sanctions all the transactions but you understand one thing which i had explained in the previous session also that the soul does not directly interact with the body the soul does not directly interact with the body so what happens is the queen is the one who is actually the material uh, 
you know material representation of the puranjana the king the soul so it assumes this intelligence assumes every activity of the soul and it imitates it mimics the actions of puranjana so it mimics it so nicely that the puranjana the king is saying oh it's all done by me but actually this queen this intelligence mimics it so nicely and the sense of oh the king is thinking that i am doing it that sense of i am doing it is coming from false ego ahankara so actually when any transaction is happening the soul is not directly doing it but the desires of the soul are sensed by the queen the intelligence and then since the queen is actually manipulated or the queen is actually controlled by the three modes sattva guna rajoguna and tamoguna so these three forces the three modes are actually influencing the intelligence to perform different activities the king puranjana desires to enjoy in a certain way and rest everything is actually done by the intelligence the queen so what the soul does is only desiring but the interactions all these transactions within the city of nine gates are completely done by the three modes of material nature and the three modes of material nature takes these mind uh, senses as tools to execute the desires of the soul so the i told uh, in the earlier session that how spirit and matter they don't mix just like oil and water they don't mix right the oil and water they don't mix similarly matter and spirit they don't mix though spirit soul is actually the conscious self the spiritual being he never actually mixes with the matter this material body but then how is it interacting prabhu yes it's interacting because the three modes of material nature the three guna sattva guna rajoguna tamoguna are using the buddhya the queen and the mind the senses to execute the desires so there is no direct interactions so all these transactions within the city of nine gates this navadwarapura is actually done by the supreme lord all this is being monitored by the supreme lord the arrangement is made the material energy the arrangement is so nicely done by the lord that he doesn't actually get physically involved with all these things directly but what he does is he is a witnesser the lord witnesses all these different transactions of the soul within the body right so this is how beautifully we should understand that krishna is only witnessing and his material energy is taking care of the rest of the things now how are we getting this navadwarapura this particular navadwarapura our karma is there so our karma in the previous life is actually giving this particular body to us and all the transactions within this body is now taken over by the intelligence the buddhi buddhya so there are many things happening many many beautiful things happening in this body just imagine this two legged animal human being can control four legged animals right this two legged animal human beings they can control four legged animals you have seen the bullock carts and you know the bulls are tied with a rope and when you pull it on the left side the bull will move left you pull on the right the bull will move right side 
So this two-legged animal can control four-legged animals. So similarly, this whole city of nine gates, this human body, is actually working under the directions, the material energy of the Lord. Everything is controlled. We are actually controlled. Only desire and rest, everything is given to you by the Lord. Unfortunately, we don't realize that the Lord is doing so much for us. We are very selfish actually. So this selfish nature should be given up. We should realize, oh, who is the master of this body? Right? So, there is Kartritva for the Aham and that Kartritva is not direct interaction with matter. The soul has the Kartritva. The soul does actually some actions. What is that action? Desiring. The soul desires. That's the only thing that the soul can do. Rest everything, the movements and fulfilling the desires are taken over by the three modes of materialism. So with this, you can feel free to ask questions. Uh, my dear listeners on YouTube as well as on uh, here on StreamYard. So let's uh, take some questions. So we have discussed four shlokas today. We have covered some nice uh, details about the city of nine gates. So if you have any questions regarding today's session, so please feel free to ask. So that will be really very nice. So you can ask uh, in the chat section or you can also uh, unmute yourself and feel free to ask questions here. So that will be really good. Okay. So yes, any comments or any questions that you have. Let me add purple tag also is here. So let me add uh, them also to the stream. Any questions that you have, please feel free to ask questions. The city of nine gates. Did you get the concept of city of nine gates at least? Vaguely, do you understand this whole city of nine gates? And uh, please ask questions. And Achyotanji, I remember that you had uh, something to share from the chapter 4, your uh, particular uh, uh, description and your specific learnings from chapter 4. You can also uh, mention that you want to share that, that would be also very nice because we had missed last time. Uh, we had practical sessions and so we could not. So you can feel free to ask questions on that. So Hina Mataji is asking here. So she's saying that uh, they wants to know why we fast on Mahadvadashi. So actually we fast on Ekadashis, but then the sometimes the Titi is such that you know the timing with which when the uh, when the Ekadashi starts that. Uh, where is there is some technicality? I'll get back to you on that. So there is when when the timing is not the Ekadashi Titi is not falling on the Brahma Murata. So Vaishnavas don't actually do Ekadashi on that day. We do it on the next day, Mahadwadashi. But more details I can share because last time when there was Ekadashi, uh, there was also the timing was starting at Brahma Murata. It, we still did the fasting on Mahadwadashi. So more clarity I can give you. Uh, next time, so with some technicalities. I'm just, it's not on the top of my head, so let me be very specific when I'm giving answers. So I will uh, give the answer to this particular question next time. Yes, so there is maybe a question here in the chat section. Uh, yes, why do we fast on Mahadwaji? I got that point. So, all right. Any other question? Ashutanji, do you want to share your learnings from chapter 4? Yes. Yes, please go ahead. 
Okay, so uh, Arik, sir. Yes. So first thing is, you know, it's like I was, uh, I was probably not prepared that day to uh, say something when okay. it was asked. Yeah. But uh, one of the things that I mean, I, overall, I've seen during our entire uh, uh, last one year that we have been, what you call, interacting, is the involvement of Dev. How Dev has actually. Uh, uh, taken up this, so it shows how much important it is to yes. include kids into children into early interest. That's a great thing. That is one of the best things that I have seen in the entire. Wonderful, very nice. We taking it up. Yeah, we taking this up. Okay, we have. Yeah, our our thoughts are matured and all this stuff. But when a child takes it up, the the benefits are far far far. Actually, we are actually passing it on to the next generation also. Absolutely. So, Yeah. So one of the things that we also learned during this entire, uh, one of the things that we learned is that how how our uh, uh, the teachings have got lost, you know, from generation to generation. How it passes on, how it got lost. Yes. One thing that we have gained in this entire thing is how we they are coming into this. So that is one thing which is which has which has struck me really. Yeah. Oh, that is one thing. So, yeah. And, I should tell uh, you, Achyutin. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, I should also tell you that. Uh, Dave is also thinking of now giving this knowledge to others in his own way, uh, creating some YouTube channel that he wants to share all that he has learned and he wants to pass it on. So when he does that at this particular age, you can imagine there can be so much of impact in the society, especially his group, his circles will also get influenced by the study of the Bhagavad Gita. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing which uh, I mean, it's I'm, I'm a surprise. <laughs> I'm yes. a surprise. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So another one, one, one thing that has actually struck me is regarding this, uh, you know, uh, the chapter two, verse forty-seven, Karmani Vajrasthi, yes, Mahalishun Parajana. So that thing, which is, which is, I think that is one thing which strongly, I think the uh, the core of this entire, uh, probably that is very, very much core of this entire Bhagavad Gita is probably what I'm understanding. I mean, maybe you yes. can correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, it is. So when we are discussing, see what was the, the chapter two? Chapter two was all about the summary of all the eighteen chapters, and there were different concepts that were explained in chapter two. So now in third chapter three and chapter four, and also chapter five, it's all related to karma and jnana. So this particular karma, karma nirvana, this concept that giving up the results of our actions is constantly coming repeatedly, right? So yes, yes, yes. in these chapters, until chapter five, we have come across and we have encountered the same message in different forms. Krishna is explaining, and yes, definitely going forwards from chapter six, many more concepts will come. But yes, you are right that this particular uh, aspect, this uh, of giving up the results for our actions, is a very important thing and a very central message of the Bhagavad Gita. Absolutely. Yeah, so that is something which is which is. Uh, I mean, I mean, when I, I let me let me let me submit to you that when Arjuna, when Krishna has taken so much time to actually, <laughs> he has taken eighteen chapters to actually uh, convince uh, Arjuna. I mean, uh, we are all small, right? I mean, personally, if I am asking, I am a very small guy, so it will take some time for me also to invite these things. But I am trying. Correct, and. Uh, This is what will make us happy. Like today in our session, we discussed that how when we actually get away from that hankering for the results of our actions, that is when we become very peaceful. 
actually when you are doing your duty just as a matter of duty and not for the results that is when you become peaceful you know that yes what is in my control is my duty and my actions the result is not in my control the lord is one who is actually going to give me the result for my actions so i think uh, once we understand this aspect uh, then you know we become so peaceful because lord is anyway there he will give me the result based on my karma the paradha my devotion so so many things are there so let him take care of it so what actually i want to share <laughs> good very nice achutan ji and uh, that's a very good thought and i really appreciate that your observation about dev also and certainly we all have seen that uh, all of you have taken these things uh, very seriously uh, uma kumar is being constantly uh, joining and all of you have been constantly joining so this is a step by step progress that we are doing towards uh, our spiritual growth our spiritual life and uh, we are moving towards krishna so whatever time is left in this life we are now at least having the sense of yes we are using it in the right way and uh, hopefully we will be able to remember krishna at the point of death and all these instructions at least if not all few of the instructions of the bhagavad gita just like this karmane varika that you said maybe some other thing that you have thinking about any particular instruction of the bhagavad gita if you can just remember at the point of death i think that is going to give you success and uh, we can escape this city of nine gates so let's aim to get out of this city of nine gates and then finally have our own spiritual world a spiritual life uh, with krishna there where we have all come from so i think that will be really very nice vina mata ji is asking uh, prabhu ji how do we go from god fearing to god loving steadily uh, although slowly so the fear is because we have not understood uh the real nature of krishna so when we start understanding that actually krishna is a very loving god you see that's why when he comes as krishna or rama and he performs pastimes his interactions with the devotees are so loving there are so many loving exchanges that he performs with the gopal with the gopis with his parents so all this is to give us that don't fear but you can actually love me in relationship can be built but now by the way why do we fear god is because or if there is fear of god it's because of adharma see when we are on the right path there is no fear of god and if we are doing actually some sort of adharma then we should fear god because adharma will create fear actually the fear is not because of the god it is because of the adharma that we are doing and why we fear god when we are doing adharma because oh my god i am doing something wrong and the lord may punish me so that is what is actually creating the fear so many times we may actually misunderstand the fear of adharma to be the fear of god so we should be very clear that god is not that we have to be fearful of we should be fearful of our adharmic activities so if we are going on a wrong path that is what creates fear and why it creates fear because we have the sense that oh my god god will not accept it and what if he punishes me in fact the whole christian uh, uh, philosophy uh, majority of the christians they are very fearful and this concept of fear of god is there in them 
you know if you don't do this if you don't follow the instruction of the bible then you will eternally rot in hell eternally rot in hell so after that they will go to the hell and they will rot eternally there and there is no escape route from there that is what they feel so that's why they fear god and uh, you know they go to churches and they go and pray to god is because they don't want to eternally eternally rot in the hell so that is what uh, creates fear in them but if you know that actually in the material world neither hell nor heaven is actually eternal what is eternal is only the spiritual world so that concept is not there in christianity so that is why it gives us a lot of hope that yes one thing is follow dharma by following dharma i will not have the fear of i'm doing something wrong and will not have the fear that yes krishna will punish me so that fear of god is automatically taken care and then you think oh if i am not fearful of god and i am also doing dharma it is the next thing because dharma is ultimately is to lead us to krishna consciousness is to love god that is the swadharma what is the swadharma of each one of us the swadharma of the self is to love and to serve god so when you actually follow dharma properly then automatically that loving feelings will come but loving comes when you know the person right now we don't know that person because any time when you want to love anyone first you understand that person when you try to understand you know that person who oh yes his background his likings his dislikings when you know that person properly then love begins so what happens is when you also start knowing krishna through bhagavad gita you will understand and you know what krishna likes and what krishna doesn't like so when you know his likings and dislikings then gradually you will align your life towards his liking and disliking so that aligning of our life to his likings is what is called bhakti and that is a sign of love towards krishna the very fact the very reason that you are actually aligning your life as per bhagavad gita's instruction is itself a sign of love towards krishna and krishna is already very pleased with this he is very pleased by this uh, uh, endeavor that you are doing so we need not fear fear comes only when we are doing adharma that is why we have to become free from this adharma so let us not uh, do adharma how can we we not commit adharma just do this just follow this wonderful thing instructions given by bhagavad gita this is actually bringing us on the path of dharma when we come on the path of dharma we are following krishna so there is no question of fear then love will develop so know more about krishna by understanding what he is saying when you hear from a person about uh, him then that attachment develops so we are hearing constantly about krishna sunday after sunday so that we develop krishna uh, attachment to krishna in fact uh, Prabhupada says that anybody who is constantly reading the Krishna book, you know, there is a book called Krishna book, where all the ninety pastimes of the Lord Krishna are explained very beautifully in a story form. While sleeping, if you can just read few pages of the Krishna book and you sleep, just by reading, just by listening to Krishna book, we will start loving Krishna because you are knowing Krishna. To know means to love Krishna. So love begins when you know that person. So let us understand Krishna more, and we will start loving him more. It is a gradual process, but it will definitely happen. So yes, I hope that uh, answers your question, and uh, 
we have covered some very interesting questions also today so i really appreciate when you ask uh, such questions and uh, questions are one which will also enable me to give you specific answers and uh, it becomes more interactive and uh, it is more lively so let's do one thing anytime going forward please have a lot of questions because interactions will churn out a lot of things because bhagavad gita we speaking one way is good but at the same time if you ask questions then lot of interactions are happening and i also understand how much are you actually understanding bhagavad gita when we are explaining so so that's it for today and uh, it was really nice talking to all of you and uh, all of you have a wonderful time and uh, uma kumar and uh, achutan ji and the whole chandan family thank you for joining and we will again uh, see you next sunday with the next verse that is uh, verse number 15 so until then please take care hari krishna